<clears throat> so Amy already alluded to it. Thanks a lot, Amy. No, it's not going to be as special when I say it. But the, uh, these last couple of months, the church has been going through, it seems like, uh, even though there have been a series, maybe two-week series, and Pastor Neil and Pastor Brenda and back and forth, different, there's been a theme that's been happening uh, uh, throughout this uh, past month. And like I said, this is a prelude to the message, so a disclaimer uh, right now as well. I want you guys to start preparing yourself for at the end of the message. I'm going to try saving some extra time for worship. First service was only two extra minutes, but I'll try to give you guys a little bit extra. Uh, yeah, Karina, if you can reset that for me. Um, but uh, Pastor Bernard has been mentioning how we need to know God's will. Last week she talked about knowing God's will, and she talked about the, the column. Does everybody remember the column that she gave? On the left side there was life, thank you. And on the right side there is... All right, we're going to try this again. I, I work with you, so I like a response. So on the left side there is life, and on the right side there was... Or vice versa, it doesn't matter, right? But in knowing God's will, you know, she put up those two things. Like, is it God's will for all to be saved? Yes or no? Yes, yes right? Is it God's will for people to be sick? No, right? Life and death. Um, and she was talking about, I forget if it was last week or Wednesdays, which if you've been missing Wednesdays, I guess here's a little, make sure you guys are out there because there's, it's an extension of every Sunday, if you will, to get deeper into what we've been talking about. But, um, she had talked about faith and heaven's reality and how faith anchors, helps anchor us, right, to heaven's reality, pulls down heaven's reality onto earth. So I kind of want to keep on that same mind uh, or that mind or that, that mindset and that thought process of, because this past couple months, it's almost been like we've been talking about renewing our minds. And, and being able to uh, gear and change the way we perceive things, uh, uh, circumstances, situations. So I want to talk to today about uh, reverse focus. I think they're going to get it up there in a second. Reverse focus. And I think we know what focus is. Focus is our attention on something, right? But reverse sometimes it's, it's reverse means to flip something to turn around something. So reverse focus would be like us lo looking at a situation um, differently. See, God loves to reverse situations. For example, in the Bible, uh, you have... Now, I'm just going to... Real fast, I believe you guys have all read the Bible, right? Yes, no, no. Half of you guys read the Bible. Is that a yes? I, like I said, I'm going to look for a response today. Is that a yes? Yes, okay, okay. So you guys remember the story of the Israelites where Moses had come to the Red Sea. And at the Red Sea, God um, had told them to do something, right? He had put his staff in the water, water splits, right? But it, it, like when, at that moment, though, when Moses was faced, Israelites was faced with a big old sea in front of them, it looked like it was... They were done, right? Here comes Egypt chasing after them, and in front of them, there's nowhere to go, right? But God, when he looked at the situation, he and flipped it, turned it around where he split the Red Sea, part of the Red Sea, and they were able to go through it, right? In a situation that looked like there was no hope, he, in God's mindset, in, his, in the way he saw it, the picture, the circumstance, there was a way through it, right? Uh, we got Joseph in prison, and, I mean, gone to prison, life sentence pretty much for Joseph, accused of um, 
raping someone, right? He's not getting out of jail anytime soon. And a, a, a situation on the outside, at a human's point of view, right, it seems like he's done. But God was able to take that situation and turn it around. It's also like kind of like a seed. There's been talks of seeds all day. But when you plant a seed in the ground, what has to happen first? It has to die, right? On the outside, it looks like death. But the reality is there is new life about to happen, right? Valley of the dry bones, you got, right? You look at it, it was dead. But God was able to look at the situation and flip it because of the reverse, uh, the reverse focus, the, the renewed mind. Now, real fast, too, I have a, some of you guys have been a little bit distracted probably from the picture on the back here. Some of you guys in the front row might not have noticed, but can someone tell me maybe the back row what you guys have? Are you able to see what, what, what you see? A panda bear. Nice. Who's seen the panda bear? No, no lie now. Everybody say real talk. Everybody say real talk. This is something we've been doing in a youth group, but it's a little thing. Whenever we say real talk, we're just being honest. Everybody say real talk. All right. You guys uh, look to your neighbor. Give them, you know, a little stare in the eyes. Yeah, that's everyone. That's you too, Linda. Look someone in the eyes and be like, real talk. Real talk. All right. Who's seen the panda right off the bat? Some of you, some, some's like there's a panda up there still. It's, but it's like when you look at the picture right off the bat, you might not see it. But once you slowly, now for some of you guys in the back row, you've probably seen it right away, right? As soon as it popped up, you're like, hey, do you guys see that panda? Does he know there's a panda in the picture? But once you get further back from it, there's a picture of a panda. And it's kind of like God, when looking at cir uh, circumstances, is when, we, when we're when we right on top of it, right in the middle of it, we don't see the whole picture like God does, right? We see maybe death when we're faced with the sea. When we're uh, walking on water like Peter was and there's a storm happening around us, all we see is the storm, right? But God's point of view, when which is uh, stepped back, he, he re has a re uh, reverse focus and there's a bigger picture, right? So what would happen if we were to change the way th we thought about situations, circumstances, and start thinking about them, how God thinks about them? And I'm not quite sure how I had put it up there. Can you pop that up there for me? What if we saw every situation as an opportunity, right? What I mean by that is, <clears throat> now, everybody say real talk. I, this is... Um, a message that I've been uh, personally like I'm still working on and so I'm going to say a few honest things throughout the message I just just understand that I'm working through this with you guys now I don't see every situation as an opportunity sometimes when I for example it was um, one time I was walking out of the gym and I remember seeing someone uh, uh, there's been multiple times where I've walked out of the gym and I've noticed someone had some kind of sickness right and instead of looking at it, oh, man, this is such a great opportunity for God to show up, all of a sudden I'm thinking, oh, man, I don't want to do this right now. And now you have a little bit of guilt, right? See, a lot of times when we were put into those situations, we think about common, or um, I can't say the word right. Well, we'll just use guilt, shame, um, rather than that situation being an opportunity for God to show up, right? So, what if we change what we thought about things and learn how to look at circumstances the way God does? When we choose to step back and look at a situation through God's eyes, then we see the whole picture. 
It's kind of like the man in the Bible uh, where the disciples had come to Jesus and the man, what they couldn't heal him. Uh, and um, trying try to make sure it's the right. Yeah, where he was, they had asked, hey, why was this man sick because of his father's sins or because of his sins? Do you guys remember, you guys read your Bible, what happened? What did Jesus say? It was neither, right? It was neither. It wasn't his, his parents' fault. It wasn't his fault. Why was he able to say that? Because he was able to take a step back and look at the situation through God's situation. Man's point of view, it's someone's fault, right? But God took a through. He was able to look how, at the situation, how God seen it, pulled down uh, heaven's reality in that situation. So I, I believe in order for us to have this shift in thinking or to have this renewed mindset, or the most simplest way I could put it is to think like Jesus. Everybody say, think like Jesus. So a renew mind is we have to start with our faith. Now, when so I got this message like maybe a month ago, and I started working on it, and I got to this point in the message where I'm like, ah, oh. there was a statement that the, the Holy Spirit gave me. I'm like, oh, man, I don't want to say that statement. And this is literally like, like before, when I used to get ready to preach my first couple times, I was just super nervous. You know, I was a shy person. And now for like for this particular message, this is like this statement. For whatever reason, I know I'm building up. You guys, like, what's the statement? But I didn't want to say it, but I'm going to say it. And I think the church has an unhealthy dependence on God. I know some of you are like, wait, aren't we supposed to have a dependence on God? Uh, for example, growing up, I heard a lot to have childlike faith. Has anybody ever heard that, have childlike faith? Can I see a show of hands, maybe? Childlike faith. So almost all of us have heard of childlike faith. Now, Pastor Brenda uh, has been challenging us to question certain statements, right? So childlike faith. Because I started thinking about childlike faith, and it didn't line up with other scriptures, such as, like, as Christians, when it comes to faith, we're supposed to... Put down the bottle, bottle, right, and start eating what? Meat. Meat, thank you. We're supposed to start eating what? Meat. Substance of the word of God, right? So if we're supposed to have childlike faith, how am I supposed to have the substance of the word of God with childlike faith? And the scripture, I was going to, you guys can look it up, Google it, find the scripture verse if you don't know where it's at exactly. But in the Bible, it doesn't say childlike faith. It says to be like the little ones, right? But it doesn't say to have faith as a child. So I think that we've had this, and I hope you guys don't misunderstand me, understand me, uh, we've had this unhealthy dependence uh, on God to where we think God has to do everything. For example, Moses, we'll go back to Moses, at the Red Sea, they're completely dependent on God, right? I'm not saying we're not supposed to have a dependence, but we have an unhealthy weapons. If Moses, when God told him to take his staff and put it in the water, the sea, right? Weapons if you didn't do that? Would they, would they still have been? I don't know. But there was a part that Moses had to play, right? What happened if Joseph never decided to interpret the dreams? Would he be still in prison? Right? Or it's kind of like, even with we can go as far as the seeds. If we never rip the package open, if that's how you get your seeds, that's how if I plant seeds, I go buy them, rip it open, right? Right, if I never buy the package or rip it open and put it in the ground, will a plant grow? 
No, right? There's a part that we have to uh, play in it. I'm going to read a scripture verse. It's in Mark chapter 4, verse 35. So if you guys want to turn there. Mark chapter 4, verse 35. And it says, As evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, Let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they took Jesus in the boat and started out, leaving the crowds behind, although other boats followed. But soon a fierce storm came up. High waves were breaking into the boat, and it began to fill with water. Jesus was sleeping and sat back in the boat with his heads on the uh, cushion. Pause. Real fast. Everybody say real talk. Zach, you gotta say real talk, man. Real talk. All right, thanks. Uh, I'm gonna be completely 100% honest here, and hopefully, because we're real talk, you guys will be honest with me. Have you ever been in a situation, financial, maybe marital, maybe in your emotional psyche, maybe whatever it might be, and you felt like God was sleeping in the situation, right? I think they even mentioned it. Um, was it Pastor Brennan was mentioning how with the building, God had told us to do something, but sometimes it feels like God's sleeping, right? Like, if I'm being 100%, like, there's been multiple situations where I've been in where I feel like, man, where is God in this situation, right? I feel like he's sleeping. But what happens if it, instead of God's actually wanted to take us through a process and teach us something? It's kind of like um, a mountain, and we, a lot of times mountains are related to our life because our high points are the high points of a mountain, right? Now, is there a lot of vegetation at the high points of a mountain? Yes or no? No, right? Where's, the, where's all the vegetation, all the growth? In the valleys, right? So maybe we have to, God has, puts us into certain circumstances so that he can teach and train us something in those low moments so that we can grow. So let's continue in the story. This, let's see here, the disciples woke up shouting, Teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind, said to the waves, Silence, be still. Suddenly the wind stopped, and there was a great calm. How many would you guys say amen to that answered prayer? Where, where maybe you're in a financial crisis, maybe you needed a healing, and God showed up, and uh, Pastor Neil prayed for you, and you got healed. And you'd be like, heck yes, right? Hallelujah. Real talk. We're being honest, right? I remember um, my dad uh, growing up. We lived in Travers at the time. And and maybe you guys have been in this uh, scenario as well. I know I have multiple times where the money that's coming in doesn't line up with the bills that have to be paid. Can anybody say amen to that? That's been there, right? Real talk. And so my, this was with my dad as well. And I remember them praying, and all of a sudden, a random check showed up in the mail, and it covered the, the, the house payment, exactly what they were praying for. How many would be stoked on that, when that, if that was to happen in your situation, either it be health, marital problems, all of a sudden, God, uh, I pray for my, help my wife to see things how I'm supposed to see things, Lord, get her, right? You guys are like, I'm not saying amen to that one. My wife's sitting right next to me. Tom, you can say amen. Amy's not in here right now. <laughs> but 
I want to continue reading the story real fast. I want, to see, I want you, you guys to see, uh, and I think a lot of times we miss it, is the response that Jesus gives to his disciples. A lot of times we think that Jesus is like, oh, great job, disciples. Thank you for waking me up, coming to the back, waking me up so that I can deal with this situation. But check out what happens. Verse 40. Then he asked them, why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? The disciples were absolutely terrified. Who is this man? They asked each other. Even the winds and the waves obey him. So instead of Jesus saying to his disciples, great job, you guys have great faith. He said, do you still have little faith? Why? It was like he was saying to them, why did you have to come to me to deal with this situation? I've given you all power, all authority to handle this circumstance. See, why I believe Jesus was trying to teach them and tell them in that moment when that storm, when he was sleeping in the back, that I have given you the power to change the climate around you. Think about that. He's given you the power to change your financial climate, your marital climate, your, your uh, maybe it's emotional state climate, whatever it might be. He's given you the power to change that climate. It'd, it'd be kind of like, um, so, you ever, who, now, we have a guy in our church, I'm going to pick on him a little bit since he's not here, goes by Pastor Neil, I think we all know Pastor Neil, right? How many of you guys, like, felt like you needed to go to him for prayer? Let's be honest, real talk, everybody say real talk, like, because you feel like, man, he's just, he's spitting out a test, he always has a testament, when you guys don't have testimonies, he has, like, a bank of testimonies that he's ready to give because he's just constantly moving, right? Because we feel like maybe he has more faith in us. I don't know, whatever the, might, the situation is. But what is the difference? Is it because we feel like we have less faith as Pastor Neil? Was it because the disciples maybe had, they felt like they had less faith uh, as Jesus? In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, it says, Faith shows the reality of what it, we hope for it is the evidence of things we cannot is the evidence of things we cannot oh we're almost getting there it is the evidence of things we cannot there we go a little bit better man you guys are supposed to be setting an example for the teenagers come on next generation let's lead so check this out so so if faith is the reality of things that we can't see. That's what faith is. That's what that scripture says, right? Faith is the reality of things that we hope for that we cannot see. So when Jesus told his disciples that you have, what's, what's your problem? Why are you afraid? Do you have little faith? What he was saying is, can you not see heaven's reality in this situation? Were you afraid? Why did you have to come to me? Why, can you not see heaven's reality like I see it in this, in this circumstance? See, I believe the difference is how we see the situation and with what eyes we're looking at the situation with. Is it with our physical eyes, human point of view, or is it with our spiritual eyes? And depending on what eyes you choose to look with will be the process of which your mind becomes changed by. I'm going to say that one more time. Depending on what your eyes choose to look or depend on what you choose oh man sorry depending on what eyes you choose to look with will be the process with which your mind becomes renewed with so if you look at a situation and you're like man i can never get out of this i'm always going to be poor i'm never going to have enough money 
healing's not for me, right? That's the process of which we're renewing our minds with compared to digging into God's word and allowing that to be our reality. John chapter 5, verse 16 through 19, it says, So the Jewish leaders began harassing Jesus for breaking the Sabbath. But Jesus replied, My father is always working, and so am I. So the Jewish leaders tried all the harder to find ways to kill him, for he not only broke the Sabbath, he called God his father, thereby making himself equal with God. So Jesus explained, I tell you the truth, the son can do nothing by himself. He does only what he only by what he, the Father doing. Whatever the Father does, the Son also does. See, notice, when Jesus looked at, we're commanded to be like Jesus, right? And if Jesus looked at a situation and he didn't react to that situation until he saw heaven's reality. That's why that scripture is saying. He's saying, he was telling us, uh, the, the Pharisees, the Jews at that time, that I don't do anything unless I see my Father in heaven doing it first. And then once he sees it, then he reacts to the situation. I want to have you guys turn to a scripture verse with me. And we're going to kind of plant here for a little bit. But it's Matthew chapter 16. Matthew 16, verse 13. It says, when Jesus came to the region of Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? Well, they replied, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, and others say Jeremiah, or one of the other prophets. Then he asked them, but who do you say I am? It's almost like if we were to put it in today's culture, it's almost like Jesus went to Peter and said, hey, on your Facebook feed, what are people saying about me? It's like scrolling through. Oh, the, the rabbi over at that other church over there says, hey, you're a prophet. Um, let's see. Oh, uh, Judas is saying this. And right. See, he asked them, what, what was the culture saying about me? And then he asked Peter, what, what do you, who do you say I am? And then he replies in verse 16. Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah the son of the living God, Jesus replied, you are blessed, Simon, son of John, because my father in heaven has revealed this to you. Means he, that means Peter saw something that God revealed to him. It kind of parallel to what Jesus, right? Jesus only saw or only moved based off what he saw his father do, right? And here Jesus is saying to Peter that my father just revealed something to you. That means Peter was able to change the way he thought about things, reverse things, and had the mindset of Christ, had the mindset of heaven, because the, because this is the Father revealed this to him. You did not learn this from any human being. See, Peter was walking in the renewed mind of Christ because he was seeing heaven's reality and not just mere humans or ours. And check out, so check, I want, we're going to keep reading, verse 18. I want you guys to notice what happens when he chose to uh, respond with the mindset of Christ. In verse 18 it says, Now I say to you that you are Peter, which means the rock. And upon this rock I will build my church, and all the powers of hell will not conquer. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven, and whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. 
Notice it was in this mindset that Jesus revealed to Peter his destiny. It was in this mindset that Jesus like, you have the keys to heaven. See, when we walk in the renewed mind of Christ and we look at situations, how God sees them, we are handed the keys to heaven to loose and bind whatever is in heaven, whatever we see our Father doing in heaven. It's, it's almost as if Jesus was trying to prepare Peter for something. We see, it was like he was trying to train Peter to understand how to walk in the mindset of the renewed mind of Christ, how to pull down heaven's reality onto earth. And it, just real fast, and this is, if you're taking notes, I think I'll have it on the slide there. A renewed mind is one that sees things in reverse. See, a renewed mind, having the mind of Christ, because that's the renewed mind, is one that sees things in reverse, which is seeing a situation and being able to flip it. Remember, reverse means to flip or turn a situation around, right? So seeing things in reverse is being able to uh, flip the situation around and how God does it. So a renewed mind is one that sees things in reverse. And I want you guys to check. We're going to keep going. We're going to jump down to verse 21. We're still in chapter 16. And I, we've read this a hundred times. You guys heard scripture uh, messages from this prophet a hundred times. Um, but I want you, as Pastor Brenda says always, we're going to look at it at a different, uh, uh, through the lens of the scripture, obviously, but look at it a little bit differently. Matthew chapter 16, verse 21 through 22, it says, From then on, Jesus began to tell his disciples plainly that it was necessary for him to go to Jerusalem and that he would suffer many terrible things at the hands of the elders, the leading priests, and the teachers of religious law. He would be killed, but on the third day he would be raised from the dead. See, it was almost like, so prior to that, remember, he was, Jesus was prepping Peter, I feel like, for this conversation. He was trying to get Peter, hey, understand what it's like to have the renewed mind of Christ, right? Look, see, get ready for, I'm about to tell you some things, and I need you to look how uh, uh, heaven sees this, right? Because I just wanted to put a little backstory before I read Peter's response, which most of you guys already know Peter's response. But at the time, the Jews were waiting for their Messiah to show up and take over. They were waiting for the king to rule and reign here on earth, like, Right then and there, right? And Jesus came in, Peter, the disciples, a lot of people start following, they're like, he is the Messiah. Uh, and all of a sudden, picture this. So you're picturing Jesus is ready to head to Jerusalem. He's even saying it right here. He says, uh, from, uh, where does it say, we're about to go to Jerusalem, right? I can just picture Peter getting stoked. Like, oh man, we're going to Jerusalem. He's about to sit on the throne. He's, he's about to rule and reign right now. And then all of a sudden, Jesus says, I'm going to die. I have to die. I'll come back in three days, but I'm going to die. And check Peter's response. <clears throat> but Peter took him aside and began to reprimand him for saying such things. Heaven forbid, Lord, he said, this will never happen to you. Everybody say real talk real fast. Has anybody ever had the audacity to question God? I said real talk. Let's see a show of hands. I know I have. When maybe God has told you to do something, and you're just like, hmm, ah, that's a little out of my comfort zone. Or God has 
he has given you a call on your life and you're like, ah, this doesn't really fit my lifestyle right now. Uh, may, I know God has called me to do youth ministry, but man, there's not much, it was serial talk, there's not much money in youth ministry, being a youth pastor up in the north. Oh, uh, this doesn't really fit my comfort lifestyle, right? I'm just saying, I say real talk. Everyone's like, oh, that's a little bit too real. But we, I believe we all have the audacity at some point to question, here's Peter. So I can relate with Peter. Jesus says one thing, and Peter's like, not fitting my schedule today, Jesus. It's kind of like um, when, I, I don't know how many of you guys have heard me tell this story, and if you're one of the youth, especially if you're Tommy, who's been with me for a while now, he's heard this story, and Alyssa, hundreds of times. But I remember when I called, was called in uh, to be a pastor as a kid. Mind you, some of you guys might not know me back then. Some of you guys did know me. I was super shy, and I had a stutter problem, real bad stutter problem. And I remember being called into him thinking, yeah, I don't know about that. Because I remember when I first started getting to, like, if you will, in front of people. Like, the first time I'd been playing the bass guitar. And, mind you, super shy. The only way I could play the bass guitar was if I was staring at my music. Like, if I was to decide to worship God a little bit and look away and raise my hands or something or whatever it might be, get a little carried away, maybe move my feet a little bit, done. No bass for the rest of that Sunday. I'd be terrified, right? So I, uh, I can relate with Peter here having no audacity to question God. Because a lot of times we look at the situation, how can you question Jesus who knows everything, right? But we do it all the time when God tells us to do things. We're going to keep reading. Verse 23. It says, Jesus turned to Peter and said, Get away from me, Satan. You are a dangerous trap to me. You are seeing things merely, merely from a human point of view, not from God's. Then Jesus said to his disciples, If any of you want to be my followers, you must give up your own way and take up the cross and follow me. I want to read one spot one more time. It says, Jesus turned to Peter and said, Get away from me, saying, You are a dangerous trap to me. You are, you are what does it say right there? Some, are you guys looking at your Bibles? You are... Seeing. So, you are seeing things merely from a human point of view. Check this out. Peter, few verses up, said, My father just revealed something to you. You're looking at situations, circumstances with... Uh, heaven with the renewed mind you're pulling here's your purpose here's the keys to heaven and then all of a sudden a couple verses later we see him stepping back into thinking uh like a human if you will thinking like how everybody like society thinks and responds based off of his emotions and god's or jesus says get behind me sin you're a stumbling block you're only seeing things how humans see things. See, a shift had happened in Peter. He went from thinking like Christ to thinking like Satan. What happened? What was the change? In verse 24, 
It was a shift from where his focus was. It went from God's thoughts, from seeing heaven's reality, to speaking and reacting out of his feelings or his own selfish ambitions. See, Peter had a problem with this. We see Peter doing this all the time, walking on water. Back in uh, Matthew chapter 14, you guys know the story? You guys read your Bibles? Peter walking on water, or he sees Jesus walking on water, and then Peter is like, Jesus, if this really you, let me come out to you, right? Which is bold in itself, if you, if you want to be honest, real talk. Like, who's going to, I'm just saying, real talk. But he jumps off the boat, starts walking on water, right? And uh, verse 30, it says in Matthew chapter 14, but when he saw, everybody say saw, the strong wind and the waves, he was terrified and began to sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted. Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. You have so little faith. Jesus said, why did you doubt me? See, Peter took his sight off of Jesus too long and put his sight on the circumstance, on the storm, on the situation, right? It's like he took his, he took his focus off of heaven's reality, right, Jesus, Think about this. Scripture says Jesus is the word of God. So Peter took his eyes off the promises of God, off of his destiny, and put it on the circumstances that were happening around him. Right? I think a lot of times we do the same thing. Like God, oh, we, we know the promise of God. We believe it. Uh, maybe you got God told you to do something. Maybe he's called you to do something. We're reading our scripture verse. We're worshiping. And all of a sudden, we just we get into circumstances. Life happens, and we take our focus off the Word of God, off of Jesus, and we then begin to fall into the circumstances. See, Peter, he went from looking at the Word of God through his spiritual lens to looking at it through his physical eyes, the what's happening right now. Instead of looking into the future and hoping and anchoring onto heaven's reality. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, he, he disregarded it and took his focus off of it. It's, uh, Peter took his sight off of Jesus long and put his sight on the storm. He was looking at the situation. It's kind of like in, uh, in the words of, we'll pick up Pastor Neil, um, in the words of Pastor Neil, he had stinking thinking. Everybody say stinking thinking. Or in the words of uh, some Pastor Brenda's God now, in her words, uh, she'd be like a mindful of crap or something like that. <laughs> right? And then if you were Amy, your eyes would be like you just, uh, like a deer in the blinds that Pastor Brenda just said crap on the mic to it, right? So, so we need to stop thinking, we'll just keep, keep with Jesus as mere humans. So why is it important to change the way we think? We're going to jump back into Matthew chapter 16 and we're going to continue the story. Thanks, Sally Joe. Verse 24. This is where I was talking about we're going to kind of look at it a little bit differently right here. This one, when God showed me this, uh, I'm hoping I can relay it to you how like I was getting it from God because this was real cool when he gave me this. But Matthew chapter 16, verse 24. 
It says, Then Jesus said to his disciples, Man, this is the same thought process. We're going to keep it all in context here. Jesus, uh, just a good job, Peter. You have the mind of Christ. A couple verses later, Peter, you're thinking like Satan. Uh, stop thinking like this. Get behind me. You're a stumbling block. Uh, stop uh, looking at situations based off of how you feel, based off of your, how you, what you physically see. You need to get your, you know, looking at the situation uh, through heaven's reality. And then it continues in verse 24. Then Jesus said to his disciples, If any of you wants to be my followers, you must give up your own way. Take up your cross and follow me. If you try to hang on your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. And this was, if you were in JBQ, this was one of the JBQ questions back in the day. This, we had to memorize this first. And what do you, and what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? How many of you guys heard that scripture verse like a hundred times? A few of you? Dennis only? Dennis? Daniel? Anyone else here? That? Thank you, Sally Joe. Anyone else? Where you gain the whole world if you, uh, but you lose your soul, right? Check this out. In, in today's our, our culture, we interchange soul and spirit a lot, right? We look at it as the same. But in the Bible, it's not the same. We're, we're a three-part being. We're a physical being. Or a spiritual being, which is the real us, the spiritual being. And then there's a, a psyche to us, which is our, our brains, our mind, our will, and our emotions, right? And in this scripture verse, it's talking about, in context of scripture, the soul as the renewed mind of Christ. What does it gain you if you gain the whole world, but you lose the sight of seeing things and how heaven sees things? I'm going to have the worship team come back up. Man, we, we almost made it more than two minutes. Oh, well. You guys are getting two more extra minutes of worship. That's it, it looks like. But I want you real fast. First service, I'm going to talk. I'm going to get this in real quick. And I believe God has something specific for you guys in this room uh, compared to first service. Sorry, first service. And sorry if anybody's listening online. It's just much better to be here in person, to be able to visually see pictures. Like for some of you guys that have been watching this picture, there's been a panda in that picture the whole time. Some of you are like, oh, really? Yeah, there's been a panda back there. But Bill Johnson uh, said, I'm going to quote Bill Johnson real fast, that uh, I think, see if I can find it in my notes this time. No, I couldn't find it last time either. I'm going to slaughter. Oh, well. But he says something like this. He says that you have, like, talk on Revelation. Have any of you guys, like, got something to work out? Like, oh, man, this is awesome Revelation. Right? Well, Bill Johnson says, it goes as far as saying, it's not true Revelation until you're walking it out in your life. So you might get something in the Word of God. You're like, wow, that is mind-blowing. But until you take it to your heart and start walking it out, then you haven't gotten the full revelation of it because it's not producing fruit in your life. And if we were to continue to read that scripture verse in Matthew chapter 16 there, last ver I think there's two verses, but we're going to read verse 27. It could be the last one, I forget. But verse 27 says, For the Son of Man will come with his angels in glory of his Father, and he will judge all people according to their deeds. See, the way we see situations determine the way we react to a situation. And it seems like that Jesus is tying that our renewed minds, there has to be 
a fruit that we walk out as well, that there has to be action that takes place. For example, it'd be like if we see someone who's limping, or whatever is is going back to what Pastor Bernice said, and God's will is it is it God's will? Here's life. Here's death. Is it God's will for all to be healed? Yes or no? Yes, right. So if we see someone limping, is it God's will for that person to be healed? Yes, right. And and we got the revelation that man, it's God's will for him to be healed, but we don't act on it, then we're not walking in that revelation, right? I mean, a lot of times I'll even go as far as a lot of times we're like, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll pray for that person on my own, right? But where, where does God get the glory to show up in that situation? So what hinders us from walking in the renewed mind and seeing situations in reverse like Jesus does? And I believe it's our confidence. And our confidence ties in with where we find our validation. Meaning, it's if I go back to um, just me, on the this is something that God's been working on me to self-reflect when I get into these moments where, I, like, I see someone walking and they need a healing, and it could be anything. I'm just I'm using healing right now. It could be financial, marital, whatever it might be. But I'm gonna use healing and. I'll see someone walking and I'm like, ah, I feel guilty because I'm not doing it. I don't look at it as an you know, opportunity. And I started self-reflecting, like, why is that? And I found it, I think it's a lot of the same with some of you guys in here too, is that we care too much of what that person thinks if we do it. It's because we find our validation in that person rather than find the validation in God. And the only opinion that should matter in that situation. So I'm going to have everybody's eyes closed real fast, heads bowed. And I felt like for you guys today that there's two things. One being, if you feel like you're finding your validation in other people instead of God, I want you to raise your hand real fast. Just kind of, let's real talk, being honest. Uh, I'm raising my hand. There's, I'm still, like I said, I just want to see those hands real fast. Keep them up. If you don't find your validation completely in God, meaning that you can walk into a situation and declare and pull heaven down because you don't care what people are going to think about you. Show me your hands. All right, next one is, you can put the hands down, is the whole thought process of back in verse 26, is where we're too afraid of losing what we have, meaning the world. Back in the scripture, it says, what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your soul? I think a lot of us are holding on to a lot of things, and specifically in this room, there's things that we're holding on to, maybe it's uh, your time maybe I don't know what it is but you're holding on to something that has an anchor to this world and it's, and it's keeping you from walking in uh, the purpose that God has for you to do while you're here keeping you from walking in that re- uh, renewed mindset I just want to give you a moment if that if you felt like that was you like man I've been holding on to something in this world rather be time and I'm gonna go as far as this is gonna be hard I'm gonna say I'm gonna say it and I'm 
remember, good things can become bad things. Excellent things can become bad things when we use them or do have them the wrong way. For example, I know Crystal, is in, oh, she's back there. She said, I, we've been on a series, on a sex series with the youth. And she said, I can't talk about sex, but I'm going to mention it real fast. It's about sex, but like sex outside of marriage, right? Or just sex in general is an awesome thing. Is it not? But if we, all of us agree, you, don't have, you can just nod your head with eyes closed. We don't talk, right? Sex is an awesome thing. In marriage. It's a good thing. But when we take it and take it outside of marriage, it becomes a bad thing. And I feel like we have a lot of these things in our lives that's angering us to the world. And one, I said all that to say family, pretty much. That I feel like maybe there's someone in the room that it's been family. That's Like I said, family is a great, awesome thing. But when pursued in the wrong venue, it can be a bad thing. But real fast, if that's you in this room, not necessarily family, but it could be anything that you feel like it's been anchoring you to this world, keeping you from walking in that renewed mindset, walking in your purpose. Everybody's eyes closed, heads bowed real fast. Just lift up your hand. You can put your hands down. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to, if you raise your hand on either one of those, and even if you didn't, you felt like you should have raised your hand. I want you to come up here to the altar real fast. So if you raise your hand or you felt like you needed to raise your hand, I want you to come up to the altar real quick. Because we're going to pray. As uh, people are uh, starting to come up here, I'm going to read one last thing. And it's kind of got, like this little statement's got me kind of thinking about things differently. But what we believe is a lot of times different than what our actions show. So meaning, I believe the word of God, but my actions don't show it. I believe in healing, but I'm just not seeing healing, or I'm not doing it, right? What we believe is a lot of times different than our reality, what our reality is. And what we believe is birthed from what we know, right? Our morals, what we believe about the certain situation, comes from what we know. Learning, reading about scripture, what God reveals to us. the way we live is birthed out of our heart so we can know all kinds of things but unless it's kind of like Peter when he was walking on water it's like yes are you if you're the Messiah tell me to come out and walk or walk on water he's starting to walk on water he knows he's the Messiah at that point right he's walking on water but all of a sudden he gets into this mindset of just the storm there's a storm around him something it's chaotic right life happens life gets chaotic bad things happen uh good things happen and we get off track right and and then peter shifted his focus right all of a sudden his lifestyle what he believed he believed jesus was the messiah all of a sudden he wasn't living it out as if he was the messiah so i just one last time if you if if you've been anchoring something to the world that's keeping you from walking in uh, what God is calling you to do. I want you up here. Or if you're not, if you don't find complete 100% validation uh, in God, meaning that you're not 100% confident when you, you're praying for people because you're afraid of what people is going to think about you. Real fast. Everybody, eyes closed, heads bowed. Corey, thank you. If that's you, I want you to come up here. I'm going to wait one more second. And if you're up here, I can have you guys take like two or three steps forward. This is what we're going to do. If you're still sitting down, that's what I want you to do. I want you guys to come up behind these guys and pray for them. 
And then, then we're going to enter into a time of worship because I believe that's why we do it all the time at youth group after the messages when you go back into a time of worship because praise is the father of breakthrough. Scripture says in Matthew chapter 1, verse 3, it says, I always have to look at you, Judah. Judah is the father of Pizarro. When you look into the, the, uh, the Greek there, Judah means praise. Pizarro means breakthrough. So Judah is the father of or uh, sorry, praise is the father of breakthrough. So a lot of these, I'm going to have the people praying for you guys, but you're going to get true breakthrough when you choose to let go and say, you know what, God, I'm going to praise you right now. So I'm just going to begin praying. If I can, everyone else stand up. And if you guys would be bold with me and come behind these guys, lay hands on these guys, and begin to pray for these guys. Whatever you feel like God is laying on your heart, I want you to pray that. We don't have to ask them, hey, is the validation or is something anchored just ask god god will tell you what to pray for these guys all right Heavenly father thank you lord for those that were uh that came up here that were willing to be open and honest father and uh i just ask you lord to bring restoration healing into their lives father help them not to look at uh situations as mere humans father but help them to be marked and known as people as uh, people who pull down heaven's rally. Help our church be marked as a church where anyone can come up to you and that we can pull down heaven in any circumstance because we have the renewed mind of Christ, that, that we have a reverse focus, that we look at situations, how God, how you, Father, see the situation, or that we can find what the enemy is doing and lose heaven, peace, uh, freedom, uh, healing, financial, marital, whatever it might be, Father. We lose uh, freedom breakthrough in your lives, Father, because we're not going to look at situations any longer, how humans look at it, Father, how everyone, how society looks at the situation, how culture looks at the situation, but we're going to look at it and how you look at the situation, Father, and we're going to step back and we're going to allow, we're going to take our folks and look up to heaven as Jesus did, as Peter did when he revealed wisdom to them, revealed things to them. We're going to wait for you to reveal, and we're going to act and respond to the situations based off of what we see with our spiritual eyes in heaven, Father. So I thank you, Lord, for freedom in this place. I thank you, Lord, once again, that we're going to be marked as people who can call down heaven in any circumstance, Father. That, that we really have to call down heaven. That when we walk into a situation, that we bring heaven with us because heaven is always around us, Father. I'm going to hand it over to Amy. But like I said, I kind of left some time for an extra worship. I told you to prepare. Prepare yourself to not just leave. I want you to really come up here. I'm going to challenge you guys to do something a little bit different than what you normally do. So if you normally worship God in your seat, I'm going to challenge you to come up for it. If you normally worship God by just standing and staring, I'm going to challenge you to uh, step out of your comfort zone and sing a little bit. Maybe lift your hands out of a sign of surrender. Say, you know what, God? I surrender my life to you in this moment right now, Father. I don't care about what people think. That I'm going to start looking at only your opinion. I'm going to start placing my validation in you, Father. And my hands going up is a sign of surrender to that, Father. Because of what the person to my left and right is doing, Father. So, Father, thank you, Lord, for breakthrough in this place. Thank you. 